Welcome to the 228th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on April 14th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who is just brimming with news, Carlos Rodella. I've got the news for you. You do? And a song, apparently. Apparently a song. We've got the news sound jingle, whatever that is, and we've got lots of uh, housekeeping today, which we always open the show with. Uh, Lots of games today as well. Going to be a regular episode, and I say, let's just get down to it, Carlos. Yeah, there is so much news. Like, if we're talking about the house being dirty, it is a mess. It is. <laughs> your, your half of the house divided by duct tape down the middle of the living room is a mess. My my side is absolutely empty. I have literally mm. nothing to bring to housekeeping today. Yeah, I basically am like a hoarder on my end. Oh, wait, no, I lied. I lied. I got, I got one thing, but I'll, I'll, you, you might bring it up. I bet you're going to bring it up. Uh, okay. I have a lot of stuff on the you go, in the you high, go. my side of the house. So Do it. Clean it. Clean it. Okay, let's clean a little bit. First off, uh, PlayStation 5 has a system update. It's okay. not that big of a news, but it happened. So if you have a PS5, if you're lucky enough to have one, uh, they did an update. Some of the stuff that is important is there's some social sharing that they added to it that's a little better. And the main thing is you can finally store your games and stuff on external USB drives. Could you not do that before? Yeah, I guess not. I mean, I had an external hard drive. It's already been attached since I got it. Is that not the same thing? Uh, it's not because it's the games themselves. Like, I think you can... Like, I've always taken off media. Like, I'll, I'll capture footage and put it on my USB yeah. and my PS5. But this is like, I guess you could put the games themselves on the drives. I mean, are they making a, a differentiation between keeping a game on an external hard drive and an external, like, thumb drive? Like, is that a difference that needs did, to be made? Did you ever put a game from your PS5 on your on a drive? Yeah, I got a bunch. It's plugged into it. Like the day I bought it, I plugged in my old PS4 external hard drive and because that was part of the setup. It's like, oh, if you've got one of these, plug it in now. And I'm like, okay, cool. I will. And I did. I didn't do the homework, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm starting with the wrong story because Come that to one, us for all the hard-hitting news, folks. We've got all the We know right everything here. without doing any homework. <laughs> all I have written down is store games on external USB drives, part of PS5 system update. So, I guess it's not a new thing. Never mind. I mean, maybe you're correct. I just, like, I know I, I got one, and I know it works. I'm, I guess I'm just not sure what the difference is. Maybe there's some kind of detail that we're missing here. We we can look it up on the Google. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. There it is right there. It says, new PS5 update allows you to store PS5 games on USB drive. I think it's the PS5 game part of it. Oh, maybe PS5-specific games, yes, maybe? Yes, yes, Okay, yes, maybe yes, that's yes. true. Okay, okay. That makes sense. All right, we've got that. Oh, there we, we go. We got win. to the bottom of it. Mystery solved. Uh, another th- big update for me and a lot of people out there who is part of my community, our community, the cyberpunk community. I was just going to say, what community is that, Carlos? Yeah, it's <laughs> Cyberpunk uh, Hotfix 1.21 came out today. Okay. It's uh, a couple things are pretty cool. One, um, as soon as it came out, you know, they're in Poland, uh, them being CD Projekt Red. And so I get up usually like six or seven, check my phone. And it's like, oh, this already happened. So I just jump out of bed. And this morning I put up a video, like not even awake. 
And um, it's amazing. So, you just, like sleep. Some people sleep walk. You do sleep videos. I sleep video. Yeah. I like literally. I start the video by saying like, "There's crap in my eyes. I apologize." <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, by the way, one of the first comments was like, your, your, your eyes look fine. That's nice that people are looking out for you like that. Anyways, uh, the, the couple things they did, I mean, there's a lot of little fixes they did for the gigs. Like a lot of like uh, the little uh, missions you have around the map that aren't the main missions. There's so many of them. And as I probably told you in this podcast, I've cleared out all of them. Except like three. That were bugged. And like you couldn't finish bugged. them because they were bugged. Yeah. So one of the ones, the biggest one I wanted to get fixed, the one with Bugbear and the Getting Warm request, they fixed, but I had already like found a workaround. So I was like, well, I could have just waited, but they did fix that. So that's cool for other people. So you did finish that quest, but you somehow like jimmied your way through it. Oh, I something. didn't tell you. Yeah, 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 I forgot. I, I, I get confused because we do this show every week, but then I also do like a million videos. So Sure, sure. Uh, recently I found a YouTuber who basically said, get this, this is the workaround before the hotfix. He said, like, and subscribe. He said, like, and subscribe first, smash that like button, hit smash that it. bell notification, <laughs> which I've never said. I've never said, you got to start saying that it. That's what all the cool kids say. I know. Maybe I will. Anyways, he said, um, go to the, the area where that's bugged and then leave the building and go 500 meters away. Oh God. Okay. And then come back, and it'll be fixed, and he was right. How do you know what 500 meters is in the game? It, there's a, there's there a little a thing. A little yeah, there's a map, tool? and you drive. Yeah. You know how when you put like a little pinpoint down, it tells you how far you are away from it and stuff? It would be really amazing if you could have like a mod on your body that was like a tape measure. Like your 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 left ring finger becomes a tape oh measure. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you could just we're like getting... measure things. This, we got to get back to the news. The point of this is I did a workaround... So thanks to him, and I thanked him in the video, but now it's fixed for real. And then the second thing is, and this is actually pretty big, the cop system in that game has always been weird, where essentially if you do a crime, like all of a sudden the cops will just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago. I remember this. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Um, so they almost fixed it perfectly because, yes, the cops will come after you. They take their time. Like, you know, they have to, they got to come around the corner. They might appear here and there, but... It's not as as uh, crazy and like magical as it used to be, and the coolest thing is if you got far enough away from them, which sounds normal and should be in any video game, you can actually escape them, because like <laughs> how it originally happened <laughs> is that you That's, can never escape no, we, them. No, we need to pause on that for just a moment. Yeah, I love the level of realism that is being injected into Cyberpunk twenty seven seven. If you get far enough away from the cops now. You can get away from them. That yep. is yep. amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're moving. We're moving in the right direction. <laughs> in the people. right direction. Absolutely. I think they do a lot right. It's just, it is the weird, most glaring thing is their cop system. Um, so I, I, I tested it out today and, like, I, you know, alerted them. I was fighting them on this bridge. Then I went onto a roof where they couldn't really get to. You know, they, they couldn't just warp to. They'd have to, like, go down the street and, like, get up the thing. And they couldn't get, they couldn't get to me. And for me, that was a revelation. I was like, oh, I'm free. Like, they can't get me over here. As long as you're on a roof. As long as you're, well, you know, or far enough away. Anyways, away. that's a pretty big deal. And then they fixed a bunch of uh, gigs and stuff. I just like the fact that, you know, they're going to continue to support this game, even in the smallest of things, which is <laughs> they supported, hold on, they supported like 25 different little quests that like, how many people are doing those? You know, not everybody. I mean... I do have to challenge you a little bit on this. I get Please what you're do. saying, and I, I love your enthusiasm, but I think there's a 
for me anyway, and maybe you disagree, maybe listeners disagree, supporting the game is not the same as fixing a broken game. Like, I think they're still fixing a broken game. Supporting it means, like, in my mind anyway, it means, like, new DLC, new hairstyles, new content. Hey, there's a couple new quests. Like, that's, like, support. But this is, like, we're still fixing our broken-ass shit is what it sounds like. You're right, and support's the wrong word because they will support it as well and DLC's on the way. I would hope so, yes. But I guess uh, some of it is, like, little bugs that might never get fixed in a game release if there weren't patches. You know, like, you would just live with it. I mean, right. this is this is a tangent. We don't need to go on now, but you know, like we talked before on the show, and I talked in videos, Skyrim, Fallout, all the games you can think of that launched with bugs and never got them fixed. You know, some did, some didn't. Before the era of patches, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you were just like, oh, this is just kind of fucking weird. Like it's kind of janky over here. Um, I'm just saying that they're supporting the fact that they're you know continually updating little teeny glitches like that little quest I just talked to you about that I the bane of my existence sure, uh, sure, sure. is like nothing compared to the full game like people would never have to even see that quest but yet they're going in and going like well we see it's a little janky you know or it doesn't work or something yeah. so that's all I'm saying well you know to tag on to that I just read uh, an article this morning okay full disclosure I glanced over the article I didn't like read it from top to bottom but it was with one of the CD Projekt Red uh, developers and they're saying uh, I think it was in regard to how people are just kind of like not it's, you know Cyberpunk kind of disappeared a little bit like it hasn't stayed in the zeitgeist the way that like Witcher 3 did and they were saying oh you know we we know about everything we recognize what's happened but we expect this game to keep on selling well for the next few years and if that is their belief which i think is a reasonable belief that you know i think it would definitely behoove them to keep on fixing to keep on patching to keep on polishing so i mean i'm glad they're doing it right like i love the witcher 3 i really i would like to i'm looking forward to getting into cyberpunk at some point and if they if their plan is to ride this cyberpunk pony for the next couple of years they they definitely got to like make sure this thing gets polished so good on them yeah, and there's no reason not to because, I mean, it's a great world they created. And like I said before, on PS5 and PC, it works. Or Xbox Series X as well. Like, it works. You know, like, there's no, like, reason you, if you have one of those systems, you can't get into it today and finish the game and have a good time. They're like, you know, the bugs are not, like, what people remember them as. So, anywho, Cyberpunk Hotfix 1.21 is up. I have a video on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a lot of things. And that's that piece of news. Another piece of news, there's only three more maybe. All right. Core. Core is launching tomorrow. Wow, you know, I just heard about this. Wasn't today the announcement for this? Is this the tomorrow. first time we're hearing about it today? Well, new, today we're hearing about it, and then tomorrow Jeff Keighley's doing a, a live stream with the, the people who are working on it, which is Epic Game Store. Yes. Okay, so um, I don't know barely anything about it. You want to? What, what do you know, Carlos? I know the bare minimum, and it's all you need to know, which is, one, you're probably hearing this on Friday, so... You've already watched the showcase, hopefully. If you haven't and you missed it, uh, go back and watch it. I'm sure it's on Jeff Keighley's uh, Twitch stream. But is an indie game platform uh, with 20,000 games. That's why I saw that. He's like, we're launching with 20,000 games. And I'm like, okay, that's that's quite a claim, Jeff Keighley. Well, it's similar to like Dreams, right? Where like they have been having this development platform and then people have been using it. And at some point, they're going to launch it and say, hey, okay, all those games you guys have been working on and gals that uh, we can launch them to the world and show people. So I, I am very I'm, interested. I'm interested slash curious. Um, I don't play anything on PC, so I'm probably not ever going to do anything on it unless they somehow have some kind of client that goes on to consoles or something. But I mean, that claim itself 
is kind of crazy because 20,000 of anything, they're not all going to be gems, right? Like, I mean, they're not. But just by, like, the law of averages, a certain number of those are going to be, like, super clunkers. And I kind of wonder, launching with that many games, I'm curious how that's going to go down because you're already going to get a lot of complaints about some games not being surfaced. You have discoverability being a problem. Developers who have been working really hard, nobody's ever going to see their game because there's, like, 19,999 other games on the system. I, I mean, there's a lot of, like how why like what's your plan like i mean tbd of course but a bold plan i'm very curious to see how this shakes down yeah and they spent some money on it too i was looking at this article it said like spending 15 million dollars to oh, shit, uh, they can spare it they got more money than yeah guys. that's true that's true uh now he's got a lot bro we got i mean i saw his statement and like epic's right there they're literally right really there. Yeah, wait like, you've been looking going through god's receipts i mean he leaves it laying around he does though, doesn't he though? Yeah, he does. It's there if you believe. He's a little messy. That's people don't know that. Um, nice guy or or nice being. Nice being, yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we got to get over that. That's a whole tangent too. That's uh, a whole separate anyway. show. By the way, we talk about all these separate shows. We should do one of the separate shows. We got to finish this show first, man. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to check it out. Uh, I think to answer your question, similar to dreams and similar to just games made with Unity or like, how about this? How many games are on Itch.io, right? Like a fucking ton. And so, right, yeah, right. They, I'm sure they ported over a bazillion of them. They must have. Yeah. And, and and I'm sure that whatever new tools that the developers had, it'll be interesting to see what they do with them. I am a sucker for indie games in any way, fashion, or form. And also, my new PC, which we haven't really talked about, I don't think, on the show. We mentioned it once. We did. Okay. Can very much handle pretty much any game, uh, obviously indie games. And it's got a nice screen. So I'm going to jump into this, and I'll report back on the show. Sounds good. Yes, I'm going to keep an eye out. I don't think I'm in the target zone immediately. Maybe I will be later, but I'm definitely curious. It's a bold claim. A bold move, and I'm very uh, very interested to see what happens here. Speaking of indie games, Indie World Update dropped today. That was my piece. You stole my piece, but that's, that's your fine. piece. That's and you piece. please tell me because I have not watched it yet. I just watched it. I literally well, just watched it. Well, how perfect is that? Good teamwork, even though we did not plan this. Even We don't bit. plan anything. Nothing at all. Yeah, it was good. I just watched it like uh, maybe half an hour before recording here. Uh, I got the whole family together on the couch. We watched the whole show. It was only about 20 minutes or so, give or take. And it was just like trailer, 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 with a little bit of talking from some of the devs, not all of them. Uh, but I got to say, it was a pretty well put together show. Just, you know, lots of uh, variety, lots of different indie games. They announced like Ollie Ollie World, if you like the Ollie Ollie series. Ooh, um, that's a fun game. I'm terrible at those games. I think they're really fun, but I'm terrible at them. But it's kind of like a more, I, I don't want to say open world, but like a really expanded, you know, quest filled kind of skateboarding world. Um, they had one that was coming from Konami and I don't want to mispronounce the name, I, but it's like a really done in the style of like Japanese um, paintings. It looks just like kind of a painting come to life, which is really cool. Uh, some sword action there. Uh, Skull, which we uh, reviewed at Game Critics a while ago, got really good marks at our site. It's coming to the Switch. Uh, Ender Lilies, which is another kind of like a 2D side-scrolling action game, which, again, got previewed really, really well. Uh, I'm very excited about that one. The Longing, which is one I've been very Ooh. curious about. Uh, very curious. In fact, didn't you play this, Carlos? I feel like I we did. talked about it on the show. We brought it up on the show. I never finished it because, if anybody wants to know, it is a game that takes... One year to finish. 400 real-time days. 400, yeah. literally. More than a year to finish. So more than a year. That came out. I believe it. it's out today, I believe. Um, and the sequel to... Oh, 
oh man, I, I'm blanking on the name. Oxenfree, Oxenfree 2, which Oxenfree I did not care too. for, but I know that you liked it more than I did. That sequel's coming out. Uh, Annapurna had a couple games that looked really strong. One coming from the developer of Virginia, if you remember Virginia. Did you play that? Yeah, I did, yeah. They have a new one coming out, and then there's another one that looked really like kind of thoughtful and introspective, kind of like most of Annapurna's games. Uh, but, I mean, overall, great variety, uh, great indie, like, real strong indie presence, man. Nintendo is, you know, they were, like, anti-indie for so long, and now they are deep down with the indies right now. So I'm really loving that. Lots of good stuff coming to the Switch. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely like how they've embraced it um, for a long time now. It's not a new thing, really. No, uh, but, like, of... relatively new, but no, not new, no. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about Switch, and you talk about Switch every episode, oh, sure. um, you know, there's a lot of indie games, obviously, on there. So sure, sure. that's cool. Indie games for the win. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of indie games, one more time to kind of do this as a triple. Okay. Uh, my buddy's game, Dragon Audit. Yes, I saw it pop up on the various uh, online stores. Yes, it's coming to console. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be up on um, PS4 and Switch. So those are the two consoles that's dropping on, and it already was on Steam. I got to ask you, I was going to buy this just because you said it was your buddy's game. I don't know that person, but, you know, want to... Robbie, Robbie, yeah, want to Want to support, you know, by extension here. Uh, do you feel like it would be okay on the Switch, or should I go on the PS for this? Uh, I would play on the PS4 because um, I like uh, the colorful graphics. I like the art, and um, he... He gave me a little insider information about how the Switch was a little bit tough to port because it is a smaller screen in general. Exactly, exactly. Lots of um, people get tripped up on that. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's a it's a great port, so I, I would recommend it on anyone, any platform. But I think I like seeing the whole you know artwork uh, in a big on a bigger screen. So I would say PlayStation okay, for me. That that makes sense to me. I I love the Switch. Don't get me wrong. I love my Switch. I probably put more time on the Switch than anything else. But man, nothing bums me out harder than a port that just doesn't take into consideration the reduced real estate on screen. It's oh, it sucks when you play something and the text is too small or the menus are too small and you're just getting fucking ice drain the whole time. I love a yeah. good switch port. So if if he feels like or if you feel like the bigger screen is worth it, I'm gonna go that way. You know what? I don't know now because I know the text is big enough. I, I feel like everything is because he did have to like do a lot of work. And so I have a feeling that it's it's great on both. So I know you play more on the Switch anyhow. I'm almost saying, like, maybe you should get it on that. Oh, maybe. And th again, this is called Dragon Audit. Dragon right? Audit. And so real quick uh, pitch about the game uh, before we go out of news is, you know, it's, um, it's a, a comedy game. So it's a comedy, like, adventure game. And you do control a character, a third person, running around. Uh, but you control a couple different characters, and I don't want to spoil it because it's a very short game. Are, are we talking like point and click here, or are we talking? No, no, no. With the controller. Point and click. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of really cool. I've been playing it for a while, like in development. So there's a lot of really cool um, updates he's done, and it works really great on the PS4. Like I just like how the analog feels, you know, um, and the the camera, etc. So yeah, it's really a comedy based adventure game with some puzzles. Uh, one puzzle that's very hard. And it's really just about the writing. Like, I love his writing. I love his comedy. We've done shows together and, you know, sketches and stuff. So uh, if you like comedy and you like dragon uh, women, like a dragoness. I mean, is, who is, doesn't, dude? Who Get doesn't? Real. Who doesn't? I got a question, uh, though. Got a question. Yeah. I am shit at math, dude. Like, I am the artistic, uh, creative, like, literary side. My wife is the math side of the family. So I am terrible at math. 
This game is called Dragon Audit, and I assume that some kind of like yeah. bookkeeping happens here. Is any of the puzzles to do with like math or like actually balancing the dragon's books, anything like that? Because like I yeah. might be out at that point. No, no, no. Dragon Audit mainly is just like for comedy, um, and he basically the main character that you play um, is basically has to go audit a dragon uh, that lives in a castle, and that's like just funny. <laughs> Like, it's a hilarious premise, but there's only one puzzle that actually involves, like, um, kind of numbers, and it's not really straightforward math. It's more of a logic puzzle. Uh, That one's really tough, and that's the only one that stumped me. But, no, the whole game is really about just – it feels like a Douglas Adams book or something. I don't want no no bookkeeping simulator going on here. No, no, no. no. Okay, none of that. You're like, you know, combining objects, the thing that I sometimes don't like doing, but every line in this game is funny to me. Like if you pick up something, like an example is you pick up, you see this barrel, it's like a huge barrel. And like, you know, in adventure games, you can pick things up and like put them in your inventory. Sure. So it says, you know, I go, it says, do you want to pick up the barrel? And and I go, yeah. And it goes, you take up the barrel and you put it in your pants. I'm like, how can that be possible? You know, there's like a joke about it. Sure. So anyways, it's a fun game and actually has a really cool heartwarming ending that, um, that I wasn't expecting. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this feels really heartwarming at the end. And to be clear, this is not an adults only game. This is not like, no, but there is like definitely chesty, uh, dragoness and other chesty people that do arrive on the scene. Okay. So there is boobs, but it's not, there's some boobage. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Good. That's Dragon Audit. Uh, what else is in your housekeeping? Jeez, Louise. There's a couple of things, but we're going to skip them. I'll just give this last one, which is uh, I am going to start Sega Frontier. I oh, know last okay. episode I started saying, gotcha. like, gotcha. I don't know if I like the, the art or whatever, but here's my thing. I had such a frustration of not completing it because of that bug long, long time ago on the PlayStation. Yes, yes. We did discuss this. Yes. I have to finish it. <laughs> I, man, okay. I mean, good luck. That's the game, if memory serves, that I gave a 0.5 to on the review scale. So I know. I, I know. I will never touch that game again. If you get into it, I mean, I hope you find what you're looking for. I hope you finish it get that peace of mind. But, uh, yeah, I, I have no fond memories of it's uh, just a piece Saga of mind. Frontier. I know. Yeah. I know. I probably am doing a, myself a disservice. Anyways, that's it. The house is pretty much clean. I'll keep a couple pieces left over for next week. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, good. Uh, that is a great opening housekeeping segment. Let's just kick on and get into the main content of the show. Uh, Carlos, let's keep it going with you. You are bringing to the table Omori, O-M-O-R-I. I don't know anything about this one, so please fill me in. Yeah, Omari, Omori? I don't know. O-M-O-R-I. Wait, wait, uh, did I get it wrong? I'm sorry. Let's I don't know. Shows. I don't know. I mean, it's not like they say it in the beginning of the game or anything. I am being an asshat right now because I don't want to get the name of this game wrong. I don't know. To me, it looks like it might be Omari, but I can't. I might be wrong. No, I'm right. It's Omori. O-M-O-R-I. Omori. Yes. Omori. Okay. So Omori just came up because one of my friends was telling me about it, and I forgot why or how that happened. But I was mentioning uh, games like Earthbound. Okay. And they were like, oh, did you play Omari? Omori. Now I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, I don't know what that is. And so I learned about it from them. And yeah, it's basically Earthbound, but it's called a psychological horror game. So there is basically discussion about bullying and feeling depressed and depression and loneliness. And you play as a little character who is black and white uh, where everybody else is color. And 
it starts in a very weird kind of like mind space area. And then all of a sudden you come into the real world and you have friends and you're doing things and it feels like earthbound. Um, but it Is starts it still the same kind dark. of like a top down RPG sort of a thing. Yeah. Same yep. structure. It looks just like earthbound. It looks like mother one, not, not really earthbound super Nintendo. It's kind of a mixture of if you played the first earthbound, which is called mother one, um, it looks like that art more like the NES kind of art. Uh, so anyways, it's, um, it's a game that I think might be really important and it's, um, you know, it's, it tackles some pretty dark subjects. I have not got too far into it, but I can tell right away that what they're trying to do and they're trying to bring up messages about, you know, people having feelings of depression and, and, uh, loneliness and, um, definitely the bullying thing comes in at the very beginning. I'll give you an example. The combat is turn-based, just like earthbound. It's a like little JRPG wacky. style kind of thing. JRPG. Yeah. You know, with the, the characters or the enemies on the screen and you're just choosing options. Um, Which is weird because, you know, have you ever gotten into a fight like that in real life? Because I have. You know, you stand on one side of the room, oh, your yeah, enemies on totally. the other side of the room, and you just take turns. Like, it's pretty it's pretty respectful. Yeah. It's a really organized way of doing a fight. And it's like, you know, hopefully you brought enough items. It's weird to get in a fight like that. It is. Uh, it usually ends, uh, ends with, like, a frying pan. And you're like, pick up frying pan. <laughs> toss toss yeah. frying pan, yes. <laughs> that is in Earthbound, by the way. I think there is a frying pan in Earthbound. Um, Earthbound's great. All you young listeners, if you never played it, go, back, go and play it. But... This is, yeah, it's earthbound with kind of like some psychological stuff. Here's an example of how they're touching the subjects uh, that people, you know, uh, that bother people, but also kind of having a fun. So in the beginning, you have different um, party members who are your friends, and you're in this, like, uh, park. And this one guy is not allowed at the park, and his name is Boss, you know, as, like, final boss. Okay. And he's just a jerk, and I guess everybody's saying that he's bullying people. And so you do have to fight him, and after you beat him, he basically you, you like scold him about being mean, you know, and like say, hey, you, you just we're, we're sorry we beat you pretty much all the way down, and you know took all your life away. But uh, here's the here's the reasons why we did it because you're you know a jerk and you can't be doing this kind of stuff. So that was like a very small, you know, portion of what they're doing is just like here's an encounter, but like there's going to be some sort of resolution or discussion about why it happened maybe i mean it uh, sounds a little bit like um undertale a yeah, bit, yeah, perhaps? yeah okay yeah i should have led with that like earthbound undertale yeah and um i will say this though uh one of the funniest things that happened in the first fight i fought is the different characters have skills and most of these games have those like you could pick a skill instead of the attack and one of the characters is sad and he said he could write, he could read his sad poems to the enemy. <laughs> and I thought was, that was so good. And I did. And it like lowered his defense or something. And then we, we took him out. I love when games kind of get a little meta like that. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like Earthbound or Undertale, I think this is good. I think it might get much darker though. So be wary of that. You'd be in the right headspace for it. Uh, but it also might help be helpful because a lot of these games do that, you know, by, saying, hey, here's an issue that we know you're experiencing. Um, let's play it out in a game. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it kind of takes away its power. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I mean, games are really a wonderful place to explore some of those issues where you don't need to be in a real-life situation, but you can take things that happen in real life. And like you said, kind of explore them in different ways. You know, maybe you can, you know, have different characters and pose different situations. It's a good... I mean, games are so great. Like, they can do so many things, right? It can be just straight-up fun. It can be, like, educational. It can be something introspective you know i think this is a perfect example here wow i just realized you're totally correct 
But I also was looking at my notes saying the next two games I'm also going to talk about are also kind of about headspace. Which is interesting. interesting. This is yeah. very interesting because the one that I'm going to bring up, not this next one, but the one after that, a little bit touching in that same direction. So we'll see. Ooh, all right. All right. That is Omori. O-M-O-R-I. I'm looking it up really quickly. seems like it's only on Steam. Is that where you're playing it? Yeah, I played it on Steam. I, okay. I thought it would be on Itch.io, but I guess it wasn't. I mean, possibly. I'm just doing super quick Google search. It may be on Itch.io as well. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, next one I'm going to talk about is a really weird thing that happened to me, which I'm not sure has ever happened to me before. So I, you played a PC game? No, 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 not that. <laughs> that is actually equally weird, but no, different. Okay. Uh, so we got PR for a game called God Strike, and I looked at it and I'm like, okay, this seems kind of like my jam. It's kind of like a top down. It's on the Switch. Maybe it's got roguelike elements. Maybe it doesn't. I wasn't sure. Looks like it's a twin stick shooter. I kind of like those when they're not too crazy, but it's kind of like a you're a little character top down and you shoot a million bullets and you fight these. It's like a boss rush, basically. And the boss rush is kind of like kind of like regular twin stick action, but also a bit of a bullet hell. So I'm like, OK, I'm interested in this. And I got the uh, podcast code, which I'm using now because I'm talking about it here on the show. And I started playing this. I'm like, you know what? No, no, no. I've played this game before. I know I've played this game before. The character looks really familiar. I got to the first boss, and the first boss is a stone golem. And the stone golem's name is Tutorial, because he's the tutorial boss. And I'm like, okay, there can only be one of those in the world. There's no way that some other developer randomly created a tutorial boss called Tutorial, who is also a multi-phase stone golem. Like that's too much of a coincidence. Right. And Hmm. and as I'm playing it, I'm like, dude, I know I've played this before. And I, um, I look it up. I look at the developer's website. I don't see anything there. I'm like, no, no, no. I know I've seen, I'm like, where did I, is this a demo? No, 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 it's not a demo. I wouldn't have played it on steam because I don't play anything on PC. I'm look, I'm like, it's, it's driving me insane. Right. So I keep playing the next boss, uh, is, uh, whatever. It's like, it's a totem pole. I'm like, dude, I've fought this guy before. I know I fought this guy before. I've played this fucking game before. But I, Weird. how in the world would I have played this game before? It was, I was like, for like all afternoon, I was going fucking crazy. Like, I'm not crazy. I know I've played this game before. I've seen it before. But there's no information that this game has ever existed. And in fact, the game's not even fucking out yet. So it's like, how in the, like, I didn't time travel. Like, Marty McFly didn't pull up in the DeLorean and give me this game to play, right? Like, so it's it like, it would have been cool if he did. Would have been fucking cool. And I would have taken a ride in that car. But that is not what happened. So I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know I've talked about this game before. I feel like I've talked about it before. I searched Game Critics. I couldn't find anything about it. It wasn't on any of my blog posts or anything. But I'm like, I feel like I talked about it before. So I went to the archive at Game Critics of all of our podcasts. And you know what I fucking did? I clicked on the most recent one and I read the description of what's in each episode. One by one, one right after another. Wow, 227, dedication. 226, 225, 224, 223. Read all the way, <laughs> just kept going because I'm like, I know I'm not crazy. I know it's in here somewhere. And you know what? Motherfucker, I was correct because we talked about this game maybe a year and a half, maybe two years ago, somewhere around there. And at that time, it was called Profane. Exact oh. same game, exact same game, same structure, same bosses all the same graphics it was called profane and i played it and i'm like this game is way too fucking hard i don't like it and i forgot about it right but what i didn't know was this game got delisted from the eShop about five months after it debuted 
and they just vanished it, right? Like, I found actually a video on YouTube where some other YouTuber was, like, playing the same game. So there's, like, proof that it's literally the same game. It's got the video. It's called You're Profane. Not crazy. You're I'm not, not crazy. crazy. And once I knew it was called Profane, I went back to Game Critics Archive, and I'm like, oh, there's my blog post where I talk about Profane. There it is. There's a screenshot that I took of it. It's literally right there. So I don't know why the developers have done this, but this is literally the exact same game they put out two years ago or whatever called Profane, but it's now called God Strike. It's slightly different. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit easier than it was last time because I got further this time. I still feel like it's too hard. I still feel like it's a really rough experience. Um, a lot of the game design, I feel like, is... It's in the ballpark of being a good game, but like a lot of the detail work is not correct. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, when you start to play this game, you're in the story mode, and the developers only give you like a couple of powers. You can't choose. You can't mix and match. you got to just take what they give you, and that's it. And if you don't like those powers, too bad for you, right? Uh, but there's another mode, arena mode, where you can have all the different powers in the game. You can mix and match and do whatever you want. So I'm like, well, why, why am I stuck with these powers that I don't feel like are great powers, and I have to get through the story mode? Also, to use these powers, you have to collect little power-ups, but you get the power-ups by shooting these bosses, but the power-ups, when you shoot the boss and the power-up shoots shoots out of the boss, you got to go pick it up. Sometimes it falls in a place where you literally can't pick it up. It falls in the lava. It falls, like, on the other side of an enemy or something, and, like, you can't get it. So it's like, what is the point of me trying to get these power-ups if I can't control where they drop and then they just, they just go off into fucking nowhere? Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, right? So, like, you're struggling to get your, your, your weapon powered up and you can't do it. Um... Other parts of the game, too, like where I'll be dashing through, like trying to avoid a boss and the boss jumps and the boss like lands on me. And when he lands on me, I get trapped kind of like inside the boss. And so I can't leave and I get stuck there. And it's like, OK, like if all these things were ironed out, like I think this would be a pretty cool game, but they're not ironed out and they're still there. And it feels really rough. And on top of that, it's a very tough bullet hell kind of experience. So like you're constantly dodging a million fucking bullets from the enemies um you only have instead of a life meter you have a time meter and every time you get hit it deducts like 15 seconds so like the more you get hit the less time you have the quicker you die oh we don't like time limits yeah i mean it's just like these guys are like in the right direction right but like i don't know what they did between two years ago and now it feels like essentially the same game maybe a little bit easier but basically the same thing it doesn't feel very polished it still has like a lot of rough edges that stick out to me as somebody who, you know, plays a lot of games. I mean, I just like, and it's weird because they are putting it back out and it's totally a new game, new title. And I, it kind of makes me think of like maybe um, Rocket League. You play Rocket League, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, not everybody knows this, but Rocket League, when it came out as Rocket League, that was like the third time they tried to launch that game. It originally came out as something called like super-powered, stunt-driving, high-flying Oh, yeah, the, cars, a name that didn't right? roll off the tongue at all. Yeah, it was like this weird fucking, like, long-ass name. They tried to launch it. It didn't go anywhere. Nobody played it. Nobody cared about it. It went away. It came back, and it was like another, like, rocket-powered arena battles or something. Like, and, it, like, nobody played it, and it went away again. And it came back the third time as Rocket League. And as far as I can tell, they don't, they don't ever really talk about like those previous launches, but I remember them because I'm an old guy and I've played all the games, right? It's like, I remember that was a thing. So maybe that's what they're trying to do here. Maybe they're trying to just get a clean slate. Nobody remembers Profane. They're going to try to take the same game and launch it again. Um, yeah. But if you're going to do that, I mean, Rocket League improved itself greatly that third time around. I don't feel like they've taken the same steps here. Yeah. And also I'm wondering why they got delisted originally. I mean, maybe they took it down just on their own. I mean, who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. I can't say. Yeah. So. But it's it's weird because I can still actually go back and download Profane again. It's in my purchase list because I bought it back then. 
and I can have Profane and I can have God Strike on the same system side by side if I want to. Uh, but neither one is really that great an experience. It's a good idea. Top down bullet hell twin stick boss rush is something that appeals to me, but you got to nail it. And I don't feel like it's nailed right here. So I played it for about a day. I got about maybe to the third boss and I was just like, fuck it. I, my life is worth more than this. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't spend all my time on this boss trying to perfect it when I feel like the game is not really as polished as it should be. And I bounced. I just deleted it and I bounced. I don't think it's that great, but I think it's a good idea. All right. Well, that, at least you solved the mystery. That's my, you got me uh, riveted. I was riveted. Oh my god, dude! I, I was like, should, I was how like did a, this happen? I was a crazy person in my basement. I had one of those big like graphs <laughs> on my wall with like red strings connected yeah, to pictures strings. of people on the wall, yeah. and I was like googling things, and I was going into the dark web, and I was making phone calls and stuff. Whoa, it was crazy! Even the dark web, jeez, that's crazy. That's... Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, that is God Strike. Um, it is currently under embargo, but by the time this podcast is published, it will no longer be under embargo. It'll be hitting the switch very soon, and I got. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I honestly don't think I can recommend it. I just don't think it's that great of an experience. So there you go. Carlos, turning it back over to you, a game that actually a lot of people in my timeline are very excited for, and I've got my eye on it, but I haven't popped for it yet. Cozy Grove. I don't know anything about Cozy Grove, except it's kind of a top-down, I don't know, like a little town simulator or something like that. It's Animal Crossing. Okay, so it's like Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's Animal Crossing with 2D art. Very, very simple 2D art, you know, in 3D space. So you can, like, you know, you walk around the world, but it's all, like, 2D images. Um, Beautiful art. You and me both, you know, and you especially, like, an art really sells you on a game. And this is just awesome looking. I mean, you know, what's that game, Uh, Don't Starve? It looks like that. Okay, sure, sure. Right? And it's it's very similar in that that vein. Um, Adorable as well. You know, like, there's a lot of really awesome characters and, and... cute bears um and you basically play and you can be a guy or girl in the beginning you can adjust what you look like a little bit uh not too much but just a little bit and you're basically uh someone who goes to an island as part of like a a cub scouts kind of thing and you're supposed to just i guess survive there which by the way is a shitty worst cub scout trip i know it's a shitty cub scouts Hey, have fun at the summer camp. Uh, also, hope you make it alive. Yeah, hopefully I see you in the fall. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's a little, you know, weak on that premise. And, and and actually, in the very beginning, there's like a story about one kid who didn't make it. Oh, God. Do you find his corpse? No, no. But you just see like a little a cut scene of like, he didn't ever come back, I think, or something. Oh, yikes. But um, the, 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 it's just the loop of the game is really great. And the music, by the way, is awesome. But what you're doing is you're going on the island. You have a little campfire who's kind of like your um, main spot, like almost like your house. You don't have a house, really. It's just the woods. You just sit at the campfire. Sit at the campfire. And you go talk to the campfire because it's a, a being that talks to you. And when you feed it like magical logs, which you find in the world, it gets stronger and then basically points out the different ghosts that are on the island. This seems like a very arcane, possibly satanic sort of a thing. You're feeding fire magic logs. It's showing you ghosts. This sounds very dark. Okay, it's not that dark. It's actually the opposite of dark. (laughs) Uh, It's lighter than Omari probably gets, I'm guessing. Uh, It's just really whimsical, and when you find these different ghosts that show up on the island, you know, similar to Animal Crossing, you have to do chores for them or go find them something on the island, uh, craft things, there's fishing, uh, but all of it is just a delight. Like, you'd never feel, like, locked. I, I feel like 
uh, it was easier than in Animal Crossing where in Animal Crossing sometimes I would get defeated because I was like 40,000 bells behind oh, yeah. whatever next Feels thing impossible. they wanted me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And this one was like there's always something within reach. And some of it is like just finding stuff on the ground. Like I, I just had to like walk around to find stuff. And then when you find different ghosts, they kind of become real. So I don't know if they're really Are these ghosts the ghosts anymore. of the previous kids who have not made it back from the trip? No, but that's dark. Wow, this can be the dark episode if we go all the way there. Uh, yes, by the way, the answer is yes and. It's all the dead kids from. Oh, man. That didn't make okay, it. yes. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It isn't that. Uh, they're like big, huge animals, basically, like Animal Crossing. They're huge animal ghosts. But they're so ghosts. Animal... That's so dark. Why are they all dead? Why are they, they have not moved on? Like, what I is going know. on? I don't know. Oh, wait, wait. I do know. I do know. I played the game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, lucky God. for me, I played the game. <laughs> so when you meet a ghost, let me, get, let me tell you this thing. So. If you after you finish the quest for them, basically you're trying to help them resolve an issue. You know, it's it's ghost stuff. Sure, right? sure, sure. Ghosts can't move on because they get issues. So you are trying to help them like solve an issue. When you have done, I think the bare minimum of like quests for them, they again become real. And I don't know if they're no longer ghosts, but they're colored. Like they they, they have full color now, and they're not like um, just like a ghostly form. And then they actually color the whole area that they were around. So the game resurrecting dead spirits with the help of a living flame. This sounds like you need to keep kids away from this, folks. I'm I'm stopping. Demonic. Demonic. I'm stopping. This is the first time you had me stop a review (laughs) in in uh, dispute over what you're doing. (laughs) You're tainting my review. You're tainting it to hell. Anyways, it's a whimsical, delightful game. Very relaxing. Yes, there's ghosts in it. No, there's no demonic worship. Uh, it's really, really good. I like it better than Animal Crossing. Okay, that's uh, okay. So I that's mean, my question. That's high praise right there, right? Let me ask you. I mean, that is pretty well. Yeah, it is high praise. I I think a lot of people love Animal Crossing. I can understand why they like it. I played a pretty fair amount, but I didn't get like crazy into it, right? Like I I think for me, uh, there were a lot of quality of life issues in Animal Crossing that I just couldn't get past. For example. Um, all of the text that you had to like sit through over and over and over and over and over again. And some of the, like the limits to the inventory where you, you got to just make this thing, right. But they make it so difficult because you've only got limited space. So you got to go back to your house and put something down and pick something up and come back and make the thing and come back. I mean, there's like lots of little rough edges like that where it's like, yeah, animal crossing is really cute. And I love the, the tone of it. But to be honest, I bailed after maybe 20, 30 hours. Cause I just got tired of like it wasting my time. So that's kind of my question. If this is an Animal Crossing alike, are they better about the quality of life or do they take the same kind of like pokey, lazy, we're never, ever going to die. So we're going to take all the time we want to sort of attitude with it. Yeah. Great question, because this is why I like it better. It's for one thing better or maybe just like I like it better right now, because like a lot of people playing Animal Crossing, especially during quarantine, we got tired of it. You know, it was our other world and it was a great escape at the time. But like you said, you know, it's still Animal Crossing from like many years ago and it yeah, hasn't exactly. updated itself enough to be different. Yeah. So this is an update like to the idea of getting things, finding things, collecting things. You have like, I don't know if you ever have a house because I haven't got that far yet, but it didn't seem like that was top of mind for this game. You know, you weren't like going in with like, here's a loan. You've got to pay back. It's more like, hey, survive on this island. So again, mix, don't starve with Animal Crossing. And then I should have said that at the beginning. That's kind of what this game is. It's more of like an adventure. And you go, well, how do I 
find out what happened on this island. How do I find out about the ghosts? You know, and there's more of a narrative there. Okay, so, so that was my other question: was was a is there actually a story, or is it just like permanent chill out time? And B, can you actually die? Like, I mean, if you fail to find food or you don't find magical logs for the Satan fire, like, do you actually die after a while, not or what a happens? Satan fire. Okay, so that's we're we're bringing it down to one line. It's don't starve meets Animal Crossing, but you can't die. Okay, there we go. There I think that's go. it. Like that's, that's captured good, it right there. That's the back of the box quote. Anyways, I really enjoy it. It's really relaxing. It's like one of those games. Remember that game I, I reviewed uh, where you just find stuff in the environment, uh, like you find things in the picture. Remember? Uh, oh, under leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones where you go, and Animal Crossing, you just go, I'm going to go spend some time with this for a little while, and then that's it, you know, and close it. But it's fun to go in there for a little bit. I find some stuff. I meet a new ghost. Uh, no demonic stuff happens. Yet. Yet. Yet, that I know of. And um, by the way, flash forward, uh, and I'm like nervous, scared. There's like a tremble in my voice, and it's a new episode, and it's like 300. And I go, uh, Brad, I was wrong about Omari, and I was also wrong about Cozy Grove. They both scared me to my bones. I don't know. I can't finish them. And they both like, get really dark. I'll be like, I knew it. I was right. Like, I told yeah. you the whole time. <laughs> Anyways, Cozy Grove, and by the way, best one of the best developer names ever. The developer is called the Quantum Astrophysicist Guild. That is a great name. I love that name. Uh, I see that it's on Switch. I believe it's also on PC. Where are you playing it? I am playing it. Where do you think I'm playing it? I mean, I feel like you don't really like ever like to play anything on your Switch, but it seems like a perfect Switch game. It does actually do. Yeah, I really do think it does uh, fit perfectly on the Switch. I'm playing it on, oh, I'm playing it on Xbox because I think it's on Game Pass right now. Oh, is it really? Okay. I, oh, you know, that's a good point. I haven't checked in on my Game Pass stuff. Lately. I think I it do is. That. Don't quote me on that because we don't do any homework, but I'm either playing that or on the PS4, but it's on both. Uh, and I like seeing, again, the graphics are so cool looking, similar to Dragonauta. I like seeing them bigger on the bigger screen. Sure, sure. So for me, it's a it's a big thumbs up, though. Like, I excellent. really enjoy it. Yeah, Excellent, excellent. Okay, that is Cozy Grove. Um, turning it back to me for a moment. Uh, me and the wife jumped into It Takes Two. Oh, yeah. Which is being, it's put out by Hazelight, which is the studio started by Joseph Fares who is the guy who started uh, his climb to fame with Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. You played that, I'm sure. Yep, and then I saw his crazy uh, his speech on the Game Awards show where he yelled about the Oscars or something. I actually did not see that. Is he... What? You don't know that about him? No. What did he say? I didn't see that. Oh, my goodness. Are you under a rock? I guess. I'm literally under stone right now. Literally. I'm in the basement. <laughs> He's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. He like, you know, it's a big infamous thing where he was like on the game awards and like, I don't know if he was drunk, but he's probably not because it's just like him. He's very outspoken and he was just yelling about how like the game awards are better than the Oscars and like fuck the Oscars. And I think he said fuck the Oscars on the live show. Wow. Um, he's, a, down, he's a fun, uh, weird, dynamic character. So, yeah. I did not know about that, but I will I will Google that shortly. Um, yes. So I loved Brothers. That was a great experience for me. Uh, I really liked that a lot. I was very excited to see what he was going to do next. He went to go do, uh, it's either, is it a way out like a way out or is it no way out? Is I think it it's a way, way out? out and I didn't play it, but it's like a GTA, but with two people, you have to, it, you know, it's, it's basically, it looks like a GTA. It's actually just like brothers again with two people who are escaping from a prison. It's two prisoners. They work together to escape from the prison. 
and they want to get back to their lives. They got to do a bunch of co-op stuff. It's another dedicated co-op game, just like Brothers was. Cannot play it by yourself. Impossible to play it by yourself. Right. You need a second person. Uh, and that game did not sit as well with me. Uh, some of the design stuff was kind of wonky. I really, really, really disliked uh, where the story went. At the end, I had a really hard, uh, hard disagree with the story. And some of the writing in that script was just, oh, man, it was it was kind of bad. So, yeah, it was kind of bad. So this is his next game. Uh, It takes two. the premise of this game. Again, he's sticking with the theme, right? He's the guy who's like does force co-op. So like this is, again, a force co-op game. You cannot play it by yourself. You got to have two people. Uh, You play a husband and a wife who are in the middle uh, or who are just about to tell their daughter they're getting a divorce because they are both miserable fucking people who are unlikable and don't like each other. And they are just like bickering at each other and sniping and just like rude comments the whole time. And they tell the daughter, Hey, we're getting a divorce. The daughter is upset as most kids are, does not realize that these two people are toxic for each other. And the daughter just wants them to stay together. So something happens, magical voodoo, you know, the universe aligns or something and we don't know exactly what happens, but the, the husband and wife wake up in the body of dolls that the girl has created. So like the guy, the husband becomes like a clay dude. The wife becomes like she's made of like cloth and wood and you're they're teeny tiny. And so they wake up and they're like, holy shit, we're dolls. We're not human beings anymore. We got to figure out what's going on. We got to get back to human form. Because what I want to do is divorce your ass and get away from you. And they say that like a million times. They say it oh, like really? all the time. I can't wait to get back to being human. I want to get away from you. I want to get a divorce and get out of here. They fucking constantly talk about it. Ew. Um, so, yes, ew is a very good descriptor because that's how I feel about most of the game. Um, I have not finished it yet. But basically, you d- okay, so here's the thing. This game has like two sides to it, right? There's the gameplay side where you have two characters. I play the guy. My wife plays the woman. And you go through all these different challenges. And like in every level, there's something different. Like in one level, I had some nails and my wife had a hammer. And so I got to throw the nails in the right place. She's got a hammer. We got to work together as a team to get through some places. Very cool. There's also like one part where like I have a gun that shoots goop, which is explosive, but it doesn't explode on its own. My wife has a fire shooter. So like I paint something with the goop. And then she blows it up with the fire shooter teamwork. Like it's really fun. It's really cool. There's all sorts of different like little challenges where like I'm driving the crane and she's like on the platform and I got to maneuver the crane to move her around. And then when she gets to where she's going, she can open a door for me. And then it makes me, you know, I get where I'm going because we're working as a team. Like all of the gameplay stuff in this game, I think is actually really great. Like there's lots of cool ideas, lots of stuff that's actually fun to do together. Uh, you know, driving down a river, I'm steering, the wife is shooting, or we're flying on an airplane and we have to balance uh, the wings. And so like, if we want to turn left, we both have to scooch over to the left and it tilts the plane because that's where the weight is. And if we need to get a straighten out, then we both scooch out to opposite sides and balance the plane, all sorts of stuff like that. Like it's really fun to just play, right? I hear such a butt coming. There is such a big butt coming, man. There is such a big butt coming. Back it up. Back you that thing up. Back that thing up. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, that said, and again, let me be clear. The gameplay part is great. I think it's really fun and really just excellent. The narrative side of this game is a hot fucking sewer dump mess on fire. It is <laughs> awful. It is. It, is it is awful. 
these characters are so unlikable and irredeemable all the time. Oh, why didn't you do this? Well, why didn't you do this? Uh, well, you did this thing. Uh, uh, why about you? Uh, like, they're just sniping the whole time. And, like, every once in a while, they get a picture of their daughter, like, from, like, across the yard or something. The daughter has remained in normal human size. And so the daughter's doing whatever, and the little doll parents are catching glimpses of her, right? The daughter's, like, super sad. She's, like, fucking crying. She's like, Mommy and Daddy, why don't you love each other? Why don't you love me? Like, you know, that whole thing. It's terrible, dude. Do the parents give a fucking shit? No, they sure don't. All they talk about is how they hate each other and want to get away from each other. Over and over and over. It is, like, so irritating. Like, wow. I'm sitting here with my wife playing it. Every time the characters open their mouth, I tell them, shut the fuck up, because I don't want to hear you talk, because you're both fucking rotten. And it's just it's just terrible. There's also a magical book which shows up. I don't know where the book is from. They don't really explain the book. Um, it's like a book the daughter has or something, and it's like... It's a counseling book and the book shows up and he talks in this weird like Chicano accent and he does all this like semi-racist stuff essay. (laughs) And I'm like, what is going on? I feel offended by this book. Like, I mean, I am partially Hispanic and I feel like you're offending me. And I feel like even if I wasn't Hispanic, I would still be offended. It feels really kind of racist. It feels like caricature. Um, And he just shows up all the time and he like does weird things to kind of like force the couple back together. But see, like, there's multiple things wrong with this. Like, number one, you people are terrible. You should be concerned about your daughter, not yourselves. Number two, if you're toxic for each other, don't stay together. I Sometimes I think it's much healthier for people to divorce than it is to stay together. My, my own parents in real life, for example, they had a super toxic relationship that was terrible. I told them from a young age, you guys should get divorced because neither one of you like each other and you're making me miserable. And, like, they stayed together for the next 25 years. They were miserable. This is a very good point, and I'm sorry about that. And also, I come from divorced parents, so I understand. But I, when you just told me that story, I just saw small version of you, small body Brad, but your head of today, like <laughs> your like regular head, Brad head of however old you are, my normal human size head, yes. human size head, and then but little body, little boy body, and then just being very matter of fact. Listen, mom, dad, this is not working. Let's just like <laughs> just end it here. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I straight up told them so many times. I wish you guys would get a divorce. Yes, I did. I was like, you guys, I hate you both. Oh, is this going to get sad and were you like crying and and, like yelling and like throwing things at them at the same time? No, no, no. I mean, I got out of there. You know, I found, I made myself a much better life, got through it and all that stuff. But like the point being, I I am very curious where this game is going with this because I feel like the message that these two toxic people who hate each other should learn to love each other is maybe not the right message. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and at the very least, can have concern for your daughter. I know. I was going to say they might come back to, to, again at the uh, together at the end for her. I feel like that's what it's foreshadowing. I'm just listening to you talk about it. But that's still not good enough. Like what we're just talking about Omari and a bunch of other games where they make you think about, you know, how you feel as a person and, and hopefully helping you like process stuff yeah. uh, or talking to you honestly. I think that's the key, honestly, about uh, situations in the real world. But then there's like, yeah, if you're going down that route and then you give like the wrong info, you know, or the wrong advice, that's like worse. Here's something that's really weird, right? So like you would assume just like if you had to guess where this game is going, I think that's a pretty good guess, right? But like you would think that these people would want to try to slowly rely on each other or like, hey, I know that I didn't like you when we were humans, but now that we're dolls. You saved me from that giant frog, and thank you for that. Yeah. And I helped you with the glider, and thank you for that. Like, barely, barely any of that. They just hate each other still. 
And the interesting thing about this is I feel like Joseph Farris is maybe working through something on his own because there's a bunch of mini games in this game that you can that are optional. You just find them. Every single mini game is competitive. It's not cooperative. So like the very first game we did was like whack-a-mole where I was the mole. My wife had the hammer and she was hitting me in the face and we were both like, ah, you suck. And like, oh, I'm going to get you. And oh, I hate you so much. I'm going to hit you in the face. And like, they're saying all this stuff. And I'm like, this is not building teamwork here, buddies. Like this is not helping. We found another mini game later on where I was inside. My character was inside a, I don't know, like a glass jar or something. And my wife, who was the wife character, was outside, and every button she picked, like, chopped me up with a saw, or it drenched me with acid, or it set me on fire. And I'm like, like, this is not making me like you as a character. You're torturing me and taking joy in it. That is, like, that is you working through your issues? Like, are you mad at your real-life wife or something? Because... None of this is working for me. Let me let me do one quick tangent here because I don't think we've ever talked about this. But when it comes to, I guess we might have have a little bit in the um, kind of uh, RPG uh, game genre and adventure games too. But when you have this character you're playing as, and you have the developer or developers making you uh, take on this role, you know it can go one of two ways. It can go here's a really fantastical world, and here's some loose ideas of a story, a beginning, a middle, and end, and you'll play it and kind of go through it. Or here's like exactly what I want you to experience, right? Like gone yeah, home yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you do that, it's almost like um, a, a fact of the game that it's going to be you in it, you know, like right. whoever's telling that story. So it sounds like to me, it's just, yeah, like he's t- going through something he went through or is still going through. It's still going through maybe. I so- would imagine. Yeah, it's really it's really tough to get through, and I, I really want to just turn the sound off and just play, because playing it is great. But here's the thing, right? So I, I've had some people tell me, hey, you're you're almost halfway through the game now. It's going to take a turn. Things are going to get better. And I'm like, well, I hope so, because it didn't need to spend all these hours establishing these two people as miserable folks who need uh, rehabilitation, because that was pretty clear from the start. Uh, yeah. They've really driven that nail in uh, thoroughly. But... The the part of where my wife and I stopped, and I got to say, this was honestly kind of stomach churning. Um, and this maybe is like a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to give it as an example because I feel like this game really just crosses the line. At one point, the characters are trying to get the daughter to cry. And again, if you if you don't want to be spoiled, jump ahead like two minutes here, folks. Uh, just really quick spoiler. Um, so they, they, they go to her, her room. They see her favorite toy up on the shelf and they're like, we need to destroy this toy and make her cry. And her tears are going to make us turn back to human, which I think is already a bad plan. So they do this whole thing, and it turns out that this doll is alive. It's a very sweet little elephant who's like the princess of her kingdom. They get up to where the elephant is. They grab the fucking elephant, and they're like, sorry, but we have to fucking kill you right now. They grab her, and they take her. They drag her towards the cliff, which is like the edge of a shelf, but they're all small, right? And she's like, no, 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 no. They rip her fucking leg off. The leg gets ripped off. Stuffing comes out. She's like, oh, my God, my leg. And they're like, yeah, this is terrible. They keep dragging her towards the edge. And she's like, no, 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 please don't kill me. Don't kill me. They they, they rip her fucking ear off. Her ear is like ripped off her ear. And it's like the stuffing there. She's like, oh, my God, my ear, my leg. And like she's crying. She's screaming, pleading with them to not kill her. And they're just like, nope, got to do what we got to do. Fucking throw her over the edge. And she just goes sailing over the edge and dies when she hits the floor. And me and my wife and my son are all like, what the fuck? That was the most stomach churning. I mean, granted, it's a doll killing a stuffed elephant. But at the same time, it was like 
very easy to see that this was a person pleading for their life who was getting physically tortured as they get dragged towards the edge of a cliff where they're about to get tossed off to their death. Nope. Too fucking much, man. Nope. Like, that is way too much. Like, I don't care what the developer, what the writer, director was going for. Too much, bro. Like, you should have focus grouped that out of there. You got problems. That was a problem. We all felt, like, literally sick getting through that, that scene. And we had to stop playing. I just stopped playing. I'm like, I gotta stop. So... We're going to come back to it later after we've had some time away. But, like, it's very rare that I play a game where I'm like, this is way too fucking much, and this game was way too fucking much. Yeah, that's a hard pass for me. I mean, I don't even understand. Like, that's just, that bothered me just hearing it. Like, yeah, there's that same stuff. We talked about this in the show before, but, like, um, Walking Dead, when there was, like, this huge moment. Oh, dude. Oh, it was, like, that same coldness, man. Yeah, that coldness. And you go, like, why are you doing this again? Like, is there what's on the other side of this you know what i mean yeah uh, oof, that's oof. fucked up and i'll never play that game just I, from that I, one thing you told me about i do not recommend it man we were literally just like kind of hor- like actually horrified that we just played through that it literally felt like i mean that's a really good example it felt like we watched like the the second worst episode of the walking dead or something like that right like the, the feeling of like ugh. let's not waste any more time talking about it let's move it on. on yeah that's that terrible. was it takes two do not recommend it i will finish it i think because i want to see where it goes I may come back with another angry rant. We'll see. Uh, maybe not. Well, who knows? Who knows? Uh, turn it back to you, Carlos. Poison Control. Uh, this is an RPG, action RPG from Atlas, I believe. Oh, no, it, Nippon Ichi, isn't it? Yeah, NIS. Nippon Ichi. I just hit the Switch. I believe it's probably also on all the consoles. Where are you playing it? Yeah, I'm playing it uh, PS4. Okay, PS4. Brand um, new. It just came out like today or this week or something like that. I think yes, yesterday I think it came out. Yeah, um, okay. as the time of this recording. And... Um, I, I'm I'm very it was very interested because the art again it is persona like it's straight up persona. It looks art. great. It's got a really great art style. Very Beautiful colorful, very style. anime-ish. Yeah. yeah. If you like Persona Five or Four, you know that kind of style. It's literally the same, like identical. Um, and what is Poison Control? By the way, if you Google Poison Control, it gives you a phone number you can call. Um, when I first was like looking up the game. Yeah, so don't write that down and keep it handy in case you. Drink you might some need it. Yeah, yeah. Antifreeze or something. Sure. Do poison control game in case. There you, you go. Up. There you go. Um, so this is a, this is a very weird game to explain, but it's fun. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, up at the top here, I really do enjoy it. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but I wanted to try it because of a the art style looks so cool, and the premise is very interesting. So, I'm gonna call it a third person shooter. Mixed with Super Mario Sunshine or Splatoon, where there's an element of shooting bad guys, which I'll get to why. And then there's an element of cleaning up stuff. And when you clean up stuff, it's like it gives you health and extra shit. So those are the two kind of mechanics of the game. And that's what I saw in a trailer. And I heard someone say, like, they really enjoyed the loop of, like, going and shooting things and cleaning things up with, like, Mario Sunshine style. Is it kind of like a paintball? Like, is that the Splatoon angle? Like, are you painting something or you're like washing something away? Yeah, you're washing something away um, just by running over it. Um, So what is the game? The game is uh, basically, (laughs) it's hard to start this, but you are in hell, but hell doesn't really look like hell. Um, Oh, back to the demons. There we go. Is the living fire there? Is the satanic campfire there? Yes, he's there. And you're like, uh, (laughs) what's up? Can I give you some magical logs and you tell me about some ghosts? Yes, um, I can. So basically, hell doesn't look like hell at all. It's just very, it's very colorful. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have known it's hell, but it's like a very pink, yellow, day glow colored area that they're calling it hell for some reason. 
uh, very anime, very manga. You know, it just sure. is. This is the reason. You guys just roll with it. You roll with it. And the area that you end up in, you basically are, I think when you first end up there, I think you might have died because you're a skeleton. Uh, but then you kind of get your body back and you can customize your body a little bit. Um, and then you meet this girl. And by the way, it's not an adult game, but there's definitely some chesty action going on. Uh, she's got some, you know, again, how do I say this nicely? Uh, boobs that move. Oh, they do a lot of boob physics in this game. There's a little. There's a little. I mean, it's all 2D. It's all you know, and like uh, simple graphics. No, not 3D. So the animator clearly spent some time on that aspect. There's some definitely, yeah. I mean, like okay. in the cutscenes with her, who you meet, and then any other girl you meet uh, or woman you meet in the game, there's definitely like boobs moving around. So that's the thing. In okay. case you're just wondering about that. So there's a little bit of sexy spiciness in it, but the girl you meet, um, basically. I don't know what she represents, uh, and I probably will get uh, told more of that in the story, but she is down there to help you uh, clean up the areas of hell at, with, again, her power is she runs over, like, goop that's on the ground, and when she runs over it, it can restore, like, ammo to you or health. And then she can also, like, break uh, boxes open and do other kind of things. But you switch back and forth. So she's got a certain amount of time that she can be on the play field, and then she'll go away. Like, she'll run out of juice, you know? Okay. So you can hit L1. I'm, I'm playing a PS4. You hit the uh, left trigger, then use her for a bit. She'll go out there. And there's enemies, and you're fighting all these monsters on these boards. And if she encircles an enemy with her, like, running around, she'll also hurt them, too. So you can she can attack enemies by doing that, but she can also basically she support. And then when your character uh, basically gets different kind of guns but they're your arm because anime. Sure. And uh, you're, different, you're shooting different types of animo, uh, ammo uh, at these monsters. Okay, so why are you doing all this? And why are you in hell? The idea is you are in little mini different hells, because I guess there's more than one, and they're based on women or girls in the real world based on trauma they had. So we're going back to the dark mental stuff now. Okay. All so right. here's the example of the first story. There's a girl who's alive in the real world. She's not in hell, but she created a hell, basically like a dark space where all of her frustrations are. Like mental anguish sort of a thing. Mental anguish, exactly. And we're living in that anguish. Okay. Basically, we're in that. That's why it's not like the Hades hell that you're thinking of. And so what we have to do is we have to find different like things, like a little item in the place to figure out what her motive is and what's wrong with her and how we can help her and then basically get rid of banish this hell and hopefully help the person i mean that sounds very persona like yeah very persona and also like again opposite of fucking it takes two <laughs> it's actually like supportive of people's issues let's, you know let's I mean? do that yes that is what i'm in favor of let's that's what i'm that. saying and yes. here's again this is spoiler but it doesn't matter because there's all you know it's just um it's not really a story-heavy thing. It's more like mission-based. But in the first one, when you finally get to the end and there's like a boss and you're fighting you know, the bad guys, what you do is you find out the object that she was um, holding in the real world was a lighter, and she was going to try to burn the school down because she was so depressed and mad at like the world. And it's like really all of a sudden, this is getting really real all of a sudden. Okay, it gets kind of heavy, sure. Heavy duty. But we, we helped her work through her issues – and she doesn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's good. Okay, okay. Uh, but the mechanic 
I'm not really here for that. Like, that's really cool, and I like that they're doing it. Um, and it's interesting, each little different hell, because there's more than one, is a different you know reason you're doing it. But it's really the loop. The loop is very addictive. So you like the, just the physical act of playing the game. Like you're you got a you're a guy with a gun, and it's kind of is it kind of like a top down sort of thing? It's just like Persona in that uh, you know the way that you're moving around a 3D world. It's like third I mean, person, basically. Third person, but it's action. So you know, and it's not um, turn based. And it, they call it an action RPG. You're leveling up, but it doesn't really feel like. Again, that goes back to last episode. What is an RPG? But exactly. Yeah. It, it just feels more like an action game like a fun action game that you would play. There's there's a lot of those that are, you know, Japanese kind of based on an anime. And but this one just, you know, it's got a good message. I think in each one of these little hells that you're trying to clear, you um, you know, they're trying to tell an interesting story about people's trauma. Uh, one of the hells is based on a person who's dead. And you're like going through something similar to Cozy Grove that they have to get through or something, you know. Mm. Uh, really interesting. I mean, I, there's not another game I can think that's like it besides Persona. I mean, um, this sounds pretty cool, like from your description, and, and just straight up just playing it is pretty fun, though. Like the using the cleaning up the the cleaning up because I, I, even though that's a limit, like the hitting the L trigger and have, sending her out to go clean stuff up and also maybe uh, uh, attack some guys by encircling them, a la quicks, a la quicks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. you know, go around them, you know. And then you, she's out of juice. You you go back to shooting, and you're rolling and dodging, and it just feels really good. Like, and there's collectibles and stuff, and yeah, it's like an action based Persona game, and I really enjoy it. It's called that Poison. Pretty Control. cool. You know, you've kind of sold me on this. I saw the trailer, and I was like, well, I don't know about this. And uh, I believe someone's got a review in the works. In fact, I think it's uh, CJ, good man CJ. Uh, game critics but i haven't i haven't heard his opinion on it yet uh but you've kind of you've kind of swung me on this one i think i may look into it again kind of i'm kind of intrigued well good the only negative i would say is it might be short it seemed like oh uh, that's a positive man oh is it yeah i guess i guess so true both of us are like so many games in our queue so yeah dude anything Um, i can finish in a reasonable amount of time is a win yeah there's an over overview map or whatever like an overworld map and there's like different hells you can go to and I don't know if there's too many of them, uh, but man, I don't care. Like you said, I just I have a fun time just going in there. Um, yeah, there's not really too much negatives to say. It's not like a hefty, hefty game, but it's just really fun, fun loop. Poison cool. Control. Poison Control. It's on Switch. I think it's on all. The, I think it's on every platform right now. I believe. I think it's on everything. So, uh, all right. It was kind of a light week for me. I ordinarily I would bring another game to the to the table, but I got to be super, just really honest with everybody and say that between me kind of just being sick to my stomach with it takes two and oh. putting too much time into monster hunter rise with my uh, wife i haven't had a whole lot of time to play a lot of other stuff so a light week for me but you're gonna finish strong here carlos with outriders which is free on game pass i believe it's yes. on every other system as well uh this is coming from people can fly is that correct yeah i love their name people just who like the made what is that other game they made that we talked about before uh, uh, we had the whip. We had the whip and a gun. What? Uh, Why do I not know this? Oh, it's the gun. It's the gun game. Bullet. Bullet storm. Bullet right? storm. Yeah, you had a whip yeah, and yeah. bullet storm. Yeah, that was which like I enjoyed, thing. and I was like, "This is ridiculous." It's like there's not much to think about, but it, I did remember liking the loop of it. 
actually. Yeah. So another, uh, it, oh, so it, it's not a first person shooter this time. It's uh, kind of a Mass Effect sort of a grind fest. I jumped into the demo. And in fact, didn't we talk about the demo on the show? A we talked about the demo on the show, and both of both of us were underwhelmed. You were like, I think, angry. That sounds very I was un- slightly un-brand. angry. Yeah. 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 yeah I was not. Uh, angry. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to finish it. Like, I didn't, I was on the fence, but I wasn't like, I was underwhelmed a little bit. All right, so I'm I'm out. I haven't played this since the demo, but a strange thing happened because I was just really not sold on demo, but a lot of people jumped in, and I, I got to be honest with you, I think um, Game Pass is probably a big, big reason why a lot of people in my feed are playing it right now. I don't think a lot of people would have ponied up for this full price, but um, a lot of people I've been seeing have been like, oh yeah, it's, it sucks in the beginning, but then it gets really good, and a lot of people I know are apparently having a pretty good time. So what is your take on... Outriders, once you get past the demo, and give us a quick recap again, would you? Yeah, I will. And also, what you're saying is exactly why I went back to it. Game Pass. There like, you go. There, I you get, go. there you go. You're getting all your kudos, all the times you sold me on it before I had it. Um, literally, it's like $60, right? It's like a regular full-price game. Yeah. And so I had played the demo on PlayStation, wasn't going to buy it because, you know, I wasn't impressed, and I was just kind of like uh, frustrated with the loop uh, at at, at first in that demo and so i saw it on game pass and was like well obviously it doesn't cost me anything which is genius because they'll probably make that a short license and you'll have to buy it and now me and about a million other people i don't know um are going to be in you know what i mean yeah if you're halfway through the game or you like the loop and then all of a sudden it's not free on game pass anymore probably probably gonna probably gonna up. buy it at that point yeah so i am all the way back in which is surprising. This to is me. crazy to me because I really dislike that demo a lot. Right. I'll tell you the reasons why I'm in. One reason, well, actually, you'll understand. The other reason I think you'll go like, Carlos, I still don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think one reason, I'll, I'll start with the reason why you might care. Okay. Yes. So this game is a third person looter shooter. I, I don't like that using that terminology because there's just too many of them. And I'm not like going to just play a game because it's a looter shooter. Games as a service. But it also has a one-player campaign, which, if you remember, on our first time we talked about it, the the characters in the story, ridiculous. Like, super, super, at least it starts, super, super, you don't want, like your character. Yes. He's the most generic person, or I think he can be a guy or a girl, right? You can, pick, you can pick, yes. Yeah, but they're still the most generic, like, <clears throat> terrible responses. They don't care about anything, which, by the way, doesn't change, even though I still like this game. Your character's like... I don't give a fuck. Like, just apathetic, I don't give a fuck. And starts giving a fuck a little bit near the end, which is cool, but once you kind of settle into what that character is, you're like, okay, I get it. But anyway, so you go, I don't know if I want to um, play this game because all these characters are, are that kind of cookie cutter. And in the demo, there's this thing called World Tears. So being a looter shooter or games as a service or game that you're going to play with multiple people, you know, multiplayer you can uh, rank up the difficulty of the whole game. Now, you know me. I don't want difficult. I just want to play the fucking game. And so now that I have the whole game opened, and it's not just a demo, I decided, and this is why I think a lot of people could like this game, independently of what, you know, it is the get good version or the, you know, try the hardest level kind of thing. Sure. It's with, a, with its weird story at the beginning, it's a Mass Effect game. With more of a shooter, obviously, like arena, go to an area, kill a bunch of guys or monsters or whatever they are. And then it goes back and it actually gets into a pretty deep story 
And if you keep it on world tier one, there's world tier one through 15 or something. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> one, no, no. One and two are easy mode. Yes. And two is like a slightly more, you know, difficult. And uh, world tier three is normal, they call it. Okay. But what's interesting is if you keep it at world tier, let's say one or two, which is just basically easy, it's still like, you know, you've got to shoot things and you've got to use your powers. And it's not just going to be like you walk through every enemy. So you're still doing all the loop that feels really good in this game. But you can actually quickly get to story bit to story bit. One of the things I hate in the demo and all these types of like looter shooter games is when they have a story they're trying to tell you, but they put like eight million guys in front of you and each person is a bullet sponge. Yes. You, you forget what the game was. You know, you're like, well, I'm tired. I just like spent 8,000 bullets on, you know, four guys. I'm just going to put this game down. I mean, that's how I felt about the demo. I felt like it was right. like way too much combat. I was exhausted for sure. Right. And I think the demo, like uh, it auto scales your, the world tier, which means as soon as you do like good, it'll go like, we're moving you up. And so you can turn it down anytime you want, which is genius actually. And so I just kept it at one for like three quarters of the game. <laughs> okay. And people I mean, can I would be probably like, do the same thing. Yeah. People can be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to sound like that when they give me shit but one which i already said to somebody online you and i have a lot of games to play so oh hell if, yeah dude. if i want to finish and see the end of the story which i'm actually invested in now fuck off i'm gonna put it on one okay second i didn't mean fuck off if you're listening no they can <laughs> fuck off anybody who's a good, I know, good bro I, they can we, fuck off we made up already it was a person on the comments they're not so, listening to this show anyway they might be no nah, okay. we don't got we don't got get good people on the show we have really smart all beautiful right. attractive right. listeners very reasonable we do people, we do kindred all... spirits we have a great great listener base i love all of them i do too. um we should all get together and live in a commune but anyways uh so you keep it at world tier one and i went through three quarters of it i started slowly turning it up but even when i turned it up a little bit and i have great gear etc it just felt too bullet spongy yeah, like yeah. Wh whoever's going to tell or like fight for the idea that you should turn it up as you're playing the campaign, I think they're just wrong because the campaign is based on some emotional stuff and it actually gets, I'm telling you, it's crazy. It gets good. Like even though your character never changes, right? You have to know that going in. Apathetic asshole, right? Every once in a while it gets a little bit of emotion, does some nice things for people. You can do side missions in this game, you know? And but so much of the story is Mass Effect and so much of it is like learning about this world and what happened and uh, and it gets really like sci-fi and anyways, I really like it. Like it's so weird to say that, but I really do. And so that's why I'm keeping it like, you know, two or three worlds here and just going to beat it. Like I'll probably beat it tonight because I'm that I'm going through it that fast. Um, so that's the reason why I said like it's not what you maybe thought of in the demo because it, it you can make it less bullet spongy which actually leads it to feel like the story, right? Well, it's weird because the biggest, I mean, I had a, a number of problems with the demo, right? Like kind of what we've already talked about. It felt like too much combat, too much bullet spongy. And like even the phrase world tier is already kind of a turnoff to me because it makes you think like, like, like they're setting you up for games as a service, right? Which the, you know, they're going to have this, the online servers all the time. You got to connect up. They wanted to come back and like do the, the the gear grind, like do these missions, come back and do them, get better guns. Like I'm already kind of like out of that. Like I don't, I'm not a customer for that kind of thing. And so just from my little taste of the demo where it's like, okay, they clearly want me to like work real hard. And this is going to be kind of like a, 
you know, a destiny sort of thing where you just play it over and over and get better guns and keep moving up. I'm like, okay, that's cool. If you're that kind of person, I'm not that kind of person. And it just, I just didn't see anything here that was going to be worth my time. Honestly, that's exactly why I'm telling you this. The first thing and anybody listening too, because if you want to play, I think the loop they did, I, I put it as compared to rage two for me. And you know how much I love rage two. You did. You're a big fan of that. The loop that they do is something magical. Like they're onto something like it. That's why millions of people, I don't know how, much, how many people are playing, but I would guess a lot of people are playing this because it does. it's a very satisfying loop. And if you have it on, let's say your gear is good enough or you have the world tier down enough and you're not just sitting like there for five minutes like fighting one person, then all the magic abilities or your mutant abilities, you just keep using them. And I could talk about this for a while, but remember Doom Eternal, how I didn't like the rush in to get health back, right? Yeah, they have that mechanic where they want you to play really aggressively, yeah. That's what this game is, and I like it because I'm not thinking about ammo like I was in Doom Eternal. By the way, I'm sorry. I don't know. I have, like, uh, helicopters flying by my No, that's fine. My road. Um, in Doom Eternal, I was worried about ammo, right? This one I'm not really worried as much. Also, I have all these, like, three different magical abilities that I've worked on and know the flow of. So my character is Devastator. I can go in, put my armor on. Then I can do a earthquake thing. Then I can roll out of the way and I can jump up in the air, floating in the air for a minute, target somebody, attack them. By I've done it, by the time I've done all that stuff, my first one is almost cooldown's almost over. So it's like this perfect loop of like doing abilities and shooting. And when it's not on world tier fucking fifteen, it feels good. Like it feels really good. I can't explain it. Anyways, last thing I'll say is um or two last things. One, back to the idea of I'm going to finish it tonight. Once you finish the game on, let's say, early, early world tier, and you just get the fucking story they're trying to tell you, you can go back, right? And you can do the grind. You can do expeditions. And then you can do the thing that the other thing they want you to do, which is which go is, up in world tiers and stuff. Yeah. And that's the part that I'm not going to care about. Right. And I might not either. But the point <clears> is, <throat> I don't think enough people are talking about or they're, I don't, there's some weird online machismo going on with i mean i don't hear anybody talking about the story all i hear about is like right oh i like the i like the grind of getting the guns and i'm moving up the tiers that's all i hear about yeah. dude at some point i don't even want to spoil well, i don't know if you'll probably it but the people listening i don't want to spoil but there's like some interesting turns like sci-fi movie turns i'm like what the fuck is going on anyways i i i, I speak highly of that and i will probably beat it tonight and i think if you want a mass effect game before the mass effect trilogy comes out uh, this is Mass Effect on low world tiers. And then also uh, there's expeditions and stuff like that you can do right after. So like just beat it on a, on a low tier and then go back and play and then play with your friends because then you'll have like the, your character you like, you know. I mean, that's a rarity to be able to play a game like that and then, you know, go back and use your character like a Destiny or something. How so, long are we talking about if I kept it on world tier one? I'm probably not going to play this game anyway, but just out of curiosity. If I kept it on World Tier 1 just to get the Mass Effect sci-fi stuff, how long of a story mode are we talking about here? Based on there, – there it's crazy. In each little new map you go to, there's like two or three side missions. So I stopped finally doing those, you know? Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to mainline it. Okay. Um, so if you just mainline it, um, fuck, like 20 hours? 
Mm, okay. Like, are not I mean it's it's a short RPG, right? It'd be like a considered a if you mainlined it, maybe even fifteen. Like I feel like I can really fly through areas. Um anyways, I can't I can't speak highly enough of it. I don't know if I'll ever do that full on grind. Knowing me, I probably won't. But it's not about that. Like I've been enjoying the loop this to play the campaign. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like using the abilities and doing the shooting. And then getting more story is a great thing for me. We talked about Mass Effect, and we'll talk about it on this podcast when it comes out with the trilogy. Like, I had problems when I played Mass Effect 2 with its combat, you know? And wasn't that the one that was janky combat? I mean, like, that was when they went heavy into the Gears of War mode, and it wasn't great. I mean, The cover, was, the cover I don't think I liked. Yeah. But, um, so I'm just like, if I could play, if I could mix those two genres, like Gears of War... Well, many genres. Gears of War, Doom Eternal, Destiny, with Mass Effect. Okay, that's a, that's quite box a number quote. of elements there. That's the that's the box score. All right, well, that's something. I mean, you are legitimately the first person I have heard who mentioned anything about the story. So I guess that's good to know for sure. Um, I don't know that I'm in the market for this, but again, it's on Game Pass. I could go play it for free if I felt like it. Anybody out there who's got Game Pass can also give it a try for free. And I would, I mean, I think that's really one of the best things about Game Pass, right? Like, I yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, a while ago, and they were like, uh, kind of, I mean, kind of like shit-talking Game Pass, like, oh, you know, they don't have games I'm interested in, and they don't have the Sony exclusives, and all this kind of thing. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's all true, but, uh, for you, anyway. But, like, the value, uh, to me, the value of trying a game like this, where I may like it, maybe I won't, but I don't have to gamble $60 on finding out is really worth it. And you get so many different games you can just dip into. Uh, yep. I mean, that to me in itself has a great deal of value. Absolutely. So and I, I think, love Game Pass for that. Yeah. And I think they, they were just talking about that on the Beyond podcast or something. One of those uh, 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 IGN podcasts where, you know, PlayStation has to think about that. What are they going to do? Because PlayStation now is not the answer. No, no. Um, and they're, they're, you know, their subscription that you get a couple of free games. It might not be the games I want to play. Yeah, and if you don't um, like them, you got to wait a whole other month, and maybe you don't like next month's either. It's not, yeah, a, it's not a great yeah. solution. So I, you got to think that they're already working on it. Like, there's just no reason not to. You know, yeah. it, it works. You know, that service works. Well, you know, and the and the side note to this also is like this kind of circles back to Microsoft's um, real cheerleading efforts for like backwards compatibility, something that uh, Sony is really falling down on. I mean, having Game Pass. And uh, having all those games that are available, like there's a lot of older games on there as well, which I think is great. Like there's a lot of games that people haven't played that I think are pretty quality and having those available in this kind of a service. Maybe this is the way forward for like game archiving or like, you know, keeping as preservation. Yeah. Yeah. As preservation. Right. Like maybe this is a good way forward for this where we keep this in mind. We develop for it. And then these games can be around. Like, you know, sometimes I'll watch a movie from like the silent era. I've watched silent movies with my kid because they're really cool. Or I'll watch, I'll watch something from the. 20s or i'll watch something from the 40s or the 50s i want to be able to do that with like older games too right and i think game pass is maybe a good way to do that possibly so i would like to see everybody kind of get on board with something similar and i think that sony i mean regardless of archiving purposes definitely you are correct in saying that ps now and ps plus it just ain't cutting it right now game pass is putting that shit to shame yeah i mean i it's i'm lucky to have the uh, option to play both you know and use both yeah. playstations xbox so but yeah uh, uh, final thought again, Outriders. Um, I, I, Rage Two is probably one of my favorite shooting mechanics. Uh, I know that's a, an unusual 
statement too. A lot, a lot of people don't even know about Rage Two or, or played it, but for me, it was very, very satisfying loop of, of shooting. And this is my second favorite. Uh, it's really, it's really right up there. Wow. It just feels great. Wow. Yeah. That is a surprise to me because man, I I was allergic to that demo, but I hear you talking, and uh, maybe I will give it a shot on the old Game Pass. We'll see. World Tier Zero or whatever the the first one is, one or something. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, folks, that is it for this week. Uh, Had a lot of content, but we are now dry and we are getting ready to go. But before we go, we love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. And send us anything. We'll answer anything. Like, I mean, seriously, it might lead to a tangent, might lead to a joke. You never know. Send us anything. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we are on Twitter as a show, at sovideogames, but you can reach us individually Carlos, where are you funneling your traffic this week? I should probably just, we should probably change the ending. And it just, it's just going to be youtube.com slash a lot of things. Okay. We'll, we'll, do, we'll just be like, and Carlos, you check out Carlos on his YouTube channel. What's that again? There and you I'll go. go, it's a lot of things. All right. Well, I mean, we can definitely, we can actually, I can change the script. We can do that. We'll see. I mean, we don't have to make it serious or anything, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's going to be, I'm really focusing on it, you know, like it's weekly content. Um, we got a schedule. Oh my goodness. A schedule. Uh, Mondays is the podcast, uh, which by the way, I'll be talking to Robbie from dragon audit. Uh, oh, excellent. One. Yeah. Excellent. And then Tuesday, there's a game talk video where I talk about game stuff. And then there's Thursday, which is comedy sketch. So yeah, that's what we're doing. You know, it's serious when you got a schedule. Oh, I got a schedule. <laughs> All right. As for me, same as usual, Instagram, Twitter, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 228. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast, and we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Boo from Carlos. That was a ghost from Cozy Corner. It's not Cozy Corner. What's it called? (laughs) Cozy Grove is what I meant. Oh, man. Keeping it in. Keeping it in. Say hello to the devil flame when you get there. Don't. There's no devil flame. He's a nice little fire. (laughs) He's a nice little campfire.